0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you. God, we worship you this morning. God, we declare you're a good, good father. It's who you are. God, we thank you this morning, you're faithful. You love us. Doesn't matter our condition. Doesn't matter where we've come from. You're a good, good Father. God, we just acknowledge You this morning. Thank You. Thank You, Father, this morning for Your grace and Your mercy. Lord, for Your peace. God, that you're a hope. God, for your loving kindness. God, for your unfailing compassion. You're a good, good Father. So Lord, this morning I would pray for each and every person standing in your presence. God, that this morning their hearts would be open. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and touch each and every life here this morning. Lord, I thank you for fresh oil in the house of God fresh oil this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just move, Holy Spirit, over each person in the house. God, come. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, so wonderful to see you in the house of God. Why don't we just give God praise this morning? Father, we love you. Father, thank you. You're so faithful. You're so good. Amen, come on, Lozzie, brilliant worship team, who thinks these guys are amazing, phenomenal, phenomenal, thank you, anointed, they're anointed, well you may be seated, you may be seated, Carl, I love Carl, I'm getting a shirt made up that says I'm with Carl, because he's awesome, 21, again, we won't tell him how many 21s that is, Carl, but... 21 again. Well, church, forgive me this morning if I look a bit. Oh, we, Andrew and I moved yesterday house. Who despises moving? Oh, but I need a shout out to some of mates. Amaz- Scott, you're a legend. Thank you, Jace. Where's Jace? He's somewhere. These boys faithfully helped me move one box at a time yesterday. And we always start strong. And then by about truckload number three, we're kind of like... Oh, oh. The day seems to slow down, so thank you. I appreciate it. It's wonderful. We're in. Looks like someone's throwing a grenade into our living room, but we will get there. We'll get there. We're in. So this morning, I want, to, I want to dive straight into the message, if I can, with you. And I made a statement last Sunday that I want to make again, because I really feel it's significant in capturing the theme, or the sense, if you will, of where we're entering into as a church, and where we're journeying in a season as a, with our church. And, and so the statement is this. It says, your capacity to carry, and that word carry is really to hold or to, or to minister or to steward the presence of God is not dependent on your ability. So when I say ability, it's not dependent on your skill set, it's not dependent on um, your gift, uh, how um, talented you are, on your personality traits or your character, but your, your ability or your capacity to carry God in your life is very much dependent on your integrity now, the, the dictionary version of integrity tells us this. It says it's a state of being whole, entire, and undiminished. And so the God we serve and the life he desires for us is just that. It's one that is whole. It's one that is entire. It's one that's undiminished. Amen? Yeah. And so there's a lie I think we need to address. The church kind of just limps along with and has accepted for many years. A lie I think that for you and I as believers convinces us that God somehow, in all his greatness, kind of settles for or accepts a life that's kind of shows a fragmented service, if you will. So it's kind of um, to coin a life from an old worship song, um, I said on Sunday, how much I want revival, but then on Monday, I can't even find my Bible. So where's the power, the power of the cross in my life, Amen. And so we have people coming to God with this compartmentalized faith, and it's kind of like, God, I'm in. God, I give you my life, but just don't ask me to give up that thing, or that habit, or that addiction, or God, I'm going to worship you front-footed, I'm going to worship you from the front, but just so you know, I'm still going to chase after that affair at the back, or God, I give you my all, and I want to seek first your kingdom right after I finish building mine, amen? And so... This morning, if you will, I want to speak into that state of being a bit of truth, and I want you and I to begin to understand that we actually um, have opportunity to step into a life that's whole, a life that's entire, and a life that's undiminished. And so the reason God doesn't desire your ability, but rather integrity, is this, He's God. So He's all-knowing, and He's all-powerful, and so the plan and the purpose that He has for your life, He can bring about to pass without, without you having to intervene. So rather, he looks for a life that's faithful, and a life that is full of integrity. And really, what is integrity? Integrity says, God, you can trust me. God, you can trust me to faithfully steward the gift you've given me. God, I'm prepared to obey, not just listen. You know, I love what Pastor Andrew Gray said to us last weekend. He said that true transformation in your life happens in a place of obedience, so when we take the gifts God has given us and we just walk it out in good old-fashioned obedience, amen? So John 10:10 10, 10 says this. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And so how do we as believers really hold of abundant life? Because the reality is, again, as Christians, we've been promised this life in Christ that's full, it's abundant, it's rich, but somehow... Some of us look at our lives and go, you know what, I don't feel that. I feel kind of a bit average or it feels a little bit below average. And it kind of represents a life that almost is on self-repeat. You know, we face the same struggles. We face the same problems. We go around the same mountains and see the same hurdles again and again. And it's like if your life was a carpet, it would almost represent being worn out because of all the walking backwards and forwards over the same place. Amen? And so who's had those conversations? God why are we going through the same thing again? I thought we'd all built a bridge, gotten over it, and we're moving forward, and now I'm struggling with the same things, and the frustrations are the same. Uh, but I believe that um, the day and time has come where we, as believers, need to rise up and actually take hold of abundant life. You know, at some point, the day and time has to come where we take God at His word and we say, you know what, we need to start living victory. We need to start getting the peace of God on us. We do actually need to start overcoming in life rather than being overcome in all things as men and women of God, amen? And so you would have seen behind me, the title of my message is this, Prisoner to Prince, because I believe that there is a mandate on us as believers to break out of the prison stocks, if you will, to break out of ca- whatever it is that's holding us as a body of Christ captive and begin to rule and reign in the inheritance we have that God has actually given us, Amen. And so I think nowhere is this journey better narrated from prisoner to prince than we read the story of Joseph. I love Joseph. He's awesome. He's a young boy. He's full of dreams, expectations. He's he's kind of sold into slavery. Um, He's accused of, of rape. He's imprisoned. Later, he's restored to Pharaoh's side as a governor of Egypt. But what I want to suggest to you this morning is that journey from son to slave to prisoner to prince, is a journey you and I will actually all take somewhere along the lines that i walk with God. And so what you will find is that you, you will have stretches in your life or segments in your life that this morning I want to call your testing ground. They're phases or seasons you will come into in your life where you will find that your character and your integrity and your faithfulness is, is tested, Amen. And so 1 Peter 1.6 says this, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so when you think about that name, the name that is above every name, You think about your life, you look back at your life, do you find that there is a response coming from you that praises, honours, and gives God glory? Because the truth this morning is this, that in the middle of the test you face, there is Jesus Christ. In the middle of your trials, in the middle of the tribulations that you will go through, there's waiting for you a fresh revelation, the Son of God. So when fire comes to test you, in the middle of the flames, there is a promise of a higher praise a greater honor and a weightier glory, amen? Yeah. And so what we find is that in Exodus 37, Joseph, a young boy, he's a son, his favored son in his father's house, but he's also full of his heavenly father's purpose and promise. Now Joseph at that stage, when we find him in the Bible, did not yet know that he was going to be ushered into his destiny or his calling as a ruler and a governor next to Pharaoh, that he was ultimately going to be the savior for Egypt and Israel. But so aware of the fact was he that he had this eternal fingerprint, he had this divine calling over his life, that it began to manifest itself in Joseph. It began to manifest itself in the giftings Joseph had. So what were the giftings? What made Joseph so special? Well, it was his ability to interpret dreams. So Genesis 37, 5, it says this. It says, now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream, and he told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. I want to tell you this morning, church, be careful who you tell your dream. Be careful who you lay before you, what God's put inside of you. Because you will find there will people that will come alongside you and encourage you and journey with you and identify God in your world. And they're people that will do do more damage than good. Amen? Yeah. Don't negate what God has put inside of you. Don't negate the dreams God's put inside of you because they're from God. But guard it and protect it and show wisdom with it as you journey and you allow God to bring that out. Amen? Yeah. And so every believer, every follower has a God ordained purpose in their life. And you may have heard it before, but I want to really drive it home for you that the news flash this morning is you're not put on this earth simply to exist, and then one day, hopefully die. That's not what God intended. Each of us has a purpose, an internal design, and an external plan that God has ordained to bring to fruition before he even formed you in his mother's womb, amen? And so I want to suggest to you this morning that the key to unlocking that purpose is in how faithfully you're prepared to use the gift God has placed inside of you. That the key to taking you from a place of confinement and restriction in a prison to a place of freedom and victory in the palace is held in your ability to steward the gift. Amen? The gift that you were given when you invited the Holy Spirit to come and dwell inside of you. But I want to add a disclaimer, as I sometimes do, and there's fine print to the message this morning. And that is this, that if there's anything we can learn from Joseph's life, it's that behind the gift must be a life that is found to be faithful. Behind the gifting, there must be a heart that can be trusted. Amen? You see, the deal with that is this, coming back to the concept of testing ground, a faith that is never tested, you may have heard before, is a faith that can't really be trusted. Why? Why? Because the worth that we place in what we believe and who we believe in only comes to bear, only counts for something when it's brought up to the fire, when the heat is on. In the midst of heat, true value is uncovered, amen? In the midst of heat, impurities are taken out of a substance. In the midst of heat, you will find a refining process begins to take place, And God in all his amazing, infinite wisdom will never throw you and I into a full realization of what he's called us to on this planet until he's allowed you to be tested, until he's allowed to see that you've been approved, until he's allowed to see that that refining process has had its work in your life. Amen? You see, so basically, at the end of the day, you've got to picture the master builder inspecting the structure. It's the master builder admiring the form, looking for insurance of structural integrity, there's that word, in creation. Why? So that he understands and knows that that what he has designed will do what he's designed it to do. And what is that? To carry, to steward, to hold, to minister. God is continually looking at your life and saying, do you have structural integrity to carry what I want to put on you? Do you have structural integrity to be faithful with what I'm giving you? Amen? Amen. You see, and so often, what you will find is that when all is said and done, the question God asks you is, will you be faithful? Will you be faithful with what I've given you? Will you take what I've given you and walk with it? And so what happens when we fail? What happens when we don't do it? Well, God in his grace always allows us to resit. Michelle was talking about the car test. What happens if you fail it? Well, you've got to go back with your tails between your legs, read a bit more, and go back and resit. So what happens when you lose the plot, when you miss the mark, when you fall short? God always allows you to come back to the testing ground and rewalk. But the problem is there's too many people that have walked deep trenches around the same mountain. Too many people that keep hitting their heads on the same spiritual ceiling. And because they're doing that, they become disillusioned and apathetic to what they actually believe. And so what I want to encourage you with this morning, church, is this. if you find yourself going around the same mountain, if you find yourself hitting your head against the same ceiling, facing the same struggles, I want to encourage you, it's time to stop and observe. It's time to stop and listen. What is it that God is trying to say? What is it that God wants to do in your life? Because I believe that never before in the 21st century we live has the call been greater or the voice of God been louder calling His church to break out of that captivity, to stop walking around the same mountain as a body of believers and actually walk into purpose actually lay hold of authority, Be actually become the head and the, not the tail, and actually say, you know, what? we have the solution. We're going to stop being a problem in society. Amen? Yeah. And so Genesis 39.1 says this. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. And so, in Joseph's story, we see this taking shape as his first testing ground, the home of Potiphar, Pharaoh's captain of the guard. You see, and again, it's in this environment that Joseph's character, Joseph's integrity, Joseph's faithfulness is first tested. And what it is, again, it's the master builder inspecting the form of his creation to see that there's structural integrity. Why? Because before Joseph is allowed to reign over a nation, God wants to see if he can rule a household. Before Joseph can be entrusted with the princesses of Egypt, can he be faithful with the wife of a captain? Before Joseph is allowed to steward the treasury of a king, can he manage the finances of a captain? Amen? And so it's almost the middle stepping stone for Joseph to the bigger rock to the larger dream. It's kind of the prelude or the trailer or the test to the main events. Amen? You see, because at the end of the day, if you strip away the story and you kind of strip away all that Joseph is about and you look at him as this man in the middle of a hard road that he's traveling, it's a deep road, there's a valley he's got to walk through, it's kind of hard, what you will find is a man that made the right choices. A man who chose God's way over his way. A man who decided, regardless of what was coming at him, he would keep his eyes looked at that one that was sitting above him, Jesus. And so often, we over-spiritualize, God, what is it you want me to do? God, I'm trying to figure out my purpose and my plan for my life. God, and it's so confusing, and I've got so many options. I want to encourage you this morning, and I want to get to the heart of freedom. Start by making the right choices in your life. Step out and say, God, I'm going to choose your way over my way that you would go before me and make a way where I don't see a way. Start with the right decisions in your life because we see Joseph emulating this perfectly. He chose purity over sexual temptation. He chose responsibility and accountability to his master's things over his own well-being. And when he had every right to push back against those that were doing him wrong, he chose to honor. Yeah. Amen. But now we find in Genesis thirty nine twenty as if the first testing ground wasn't enough, Joseph is thrown into prison. So testing ground number two. And I want to pick up in Genesis thirty nine twenty, and it says this. It says, then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. So isn't it interesting that regardless of Joseph's circumstances, wherever he was, God's ability to draw near to him, God's ability to favor him, God's ability to anoint him and bless him was not affected. God's ability to get on your world and get on your life and shake things up and bless you and go before you is not determined by what you're going through. God will always draw near to you. It doesn't matter your circumstances, and so we kind of got to shift our thinking and we've got to start getting proactive as a church rather than reactive. And so when life starts throwing you the curveballs and you're under heat and you're doing it tough, I want you to remember Joseph in prison saying, say, you know what? I'm going to speak into my challenges because I know God is with me. He makes all things work together for good. And even in a place of restriction, even in a place of feeling refined, God, you're with me. God, you still go before me. God, you're still able to bring divine timing. God, I believe in your grace and your mercy. God, I pray that you would go before me. Amen? And so there's a theme or a strategy, if you will, to kind of God your, your gifting and your purpose, and it's summed up in these words, pretty much trial run, preview, or preliminaries. And I want you to pick up on the scene that we're talking about with Joseph, because again, in prison, before God can entrust Joseph with people that are free, He's looking to see if Joseph can lead people that are captive. Before God would allow Joseph to rule with significance, he wanted to see if Joseph could lead a people in insignificance, shut away in a prison cell. But I don't believe that that was even the greatest test yet to come for Joseph. Because if you think about all the hardship, all the injustice, all the oppression and, and wrongdoing that kept coming his way, When all was said and done, I believe God was looking to see if this man would still be faithful with what God had given him, the gift on his life to be able to interpret dreams. Amen? And so often we find when we come into a season or a place where our territory is restricted, where we feel confined, where we don't feel we can move, where we're struggling with things, the temptation is to develop a heart that gets hard. A heart that closes off. And what happens when that, when that happens is that we take the gift God has given us, we kind of wrap it up in newspaper, and we stick it on a shelf, and we forget about it. We forget about it. People that have worn those deep trails around the same mountain again and again are often people that have even forgotten what it is, can't remember what it is that God has placed inside of them for his kingdom. Amen? I love Joseph. I love Joseph. Why? Because for all the drama of his journey... For all the wrongdoings, he still chooses to be faithful to what God has given him, his ability to dream and interpret. So Genesis 40, we read about Joseph interpreting in prison two men's dreams. One was the Pharaoh's butler, and one was the um, Pharaoh's baker. Now, if you know the story, he goes and interprets the butler's dreams, and it's good news. The butler's restored to the courts of Pharaoh, to wait on Pharaoh. He interprets the dream of the baker, and it's not so good news. The baker's basically hung. Um, But what I want us to pay attention to is the conversation that Joseph has with Pharaoh's butler. Genesis 40 verse 12, it says, And Joseph said to him, the butler, this is the interpretation of it, or your dream. Three branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place. And you will put Pharaoh's cup back in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. Now I want you to get this. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me, make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here that they should put me in the dungeon. The key to stepping out of your captivity and into freedom is based on the choices you will make when you're walking through your testing ground. Why? Because in the very midst of a prison cell, we get a glimpse of Joseph's humanity for all the favor and blessing that was on him. You know, we kind of get the feel-good goosebumps when we read his story and think, man, this kid is awesome. He's good-looking. He's faithful. He's got such integrity. He's strong. He journeys. He's honoring. I want to be like this kid, which is great. But despite all of that, we see a a brief moment of humanity in Joseph, and he says to the butler, remember me when it is well with you. Show kindness to me when you get out of this place, and remember to mention me to Pharaoh. What is he saying? He's saying, in other words, butler, this sucks. This sucks. I'm not enjoying life. This is not what I'm meant to be doing with my life. I actually still remember, despite what everyone reads about me, I actually still remember the days in my father's house when I was favored as a son, and I've had a huge injustice done to me. I haven't forgotten that. I was stolen away. I was put into slavery. So please just remember when you speak to Pharaoh because I know he's the only one that has the power to get me out of this place. In the constant face of injustice and hardship, when heat is turned up on your life, we look at a man that is full of favor and integrity. Joseph chose to do what was right. He chose to To choose the right, he chose the right way, not the easy way. And I want you to catch this this morning: the key to unlocking his purpose was not him understanding his journey. It was not actually Joseph enjoying his journey or trying to rationalize what was happening. The key to unlocking Joseph's future was found in the choices he made, time and time again, to be faithful what what God had given him. Really, if you're honest about it you read the story, there are so many occasions that would have justified Joseph to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm over this. I'm over being a man of integrity. I'm over being faithful. Especially, I'm over using the gift that God's given me, because every time I use it, it gets me in trouble. I'm done. But we understand Joseph doesn't do that. He chooses to be the bigger man and be faithful with what God has given him. And for some of you this morning, I want to just speak into your worlds a little bit because I feel you're at a place where you're going around the same mountain again and again and you don't understand it, you're not enjoying it, but you can't rationalize what's going on in your life. But I want to tell you, God is still with you. God still has the ability to draw near to you. And that it doesn't matter if you can't necessarily justify why, but if you believe in a God that loves you, is for you, not against you, just like he was with Joseph, through all the hardship, God's going to come through for you. God's going to deliver you. God's going to honor you. Amen? You see, in a prison cell, between these two men that Joseph meets, which I believe is by divine appointment, he could have so easily said, guys, I know what you're after. I know what you need. And guess what? i got the ability to answer that but I'm not doing it. Find someone else to interpret your dream. The last time I interpreted a dream, I ended up being sold into slavery. I'm not doing it anymore. But again, I love Joseph because rather than that, I could picture him standing between, b- before these two guys, kind of going, oh, I remember my past, my journey so far, but I, he kind of takes a deep breath and a resolve within himself, and he goes, okay, tell me your dream. Here we go again. I'm going to use what God's given me. Genesis 48 says, do not all interpretations belong to God, therefore tell them to me, please. And I believe that in that moment of surrender for Joseph, where he said, you know what, I'm still going to push through. I'm going to be faithful, I can interpret dreams, tell me your dream. I believe in that moment, something shifted over his life. I believe God that was watching this man through one testing ground on the other, looking to see that the integral structure um, of, his, of his heart and his life was sound, said, Joseph, yes, that's the moment. That's it. You've proven to be faithful. I'm going to now take you out of prison and put you in the palace. Amen? So this morning, church, I want to tell you inside each one of you is a gift placed in there by God to build up, equip, and encourage strength in the body. But before you're given access to the full-length feature film that is the calling of your life, God gives you the trailer. God gives you the preliminaries. God gives you the preview to see how you handle that. It's kind of like David. David couldn't gain victory over Goliath before learning to gain victory over the lion and the bear, looking after the sheep before he looked after the people. Amen? So just when you thought Joseph had finally proven himself worthy, testing ground number two, we've done the prison thing, he's been faithful, he's used his gift, we read in Genesis 41.1, Then it came to pass at the end of two full years That Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. After Joseph had done what is right, after Joseph had chosen to be faithful with the gift inside of him, after he had made it pretty clear to the butler that he wasn't enjoying what he was doing, and he needed a little help, the trail runs cold. Butler forgets about him. Two more years, Joseph's got to serve in prison. Two more years, he's got to stay in captivity. So what happens, and what do you do when you've done the right thing? Well, you go, Justin, that's all well and good, but you know what? I have been faithful. I've been using the gift God's given me. I've been doing all the right things. But all you're hearing is the radio silence. All you're getting is the static. You're not seeming to move on from that place of restriction and confinement. Let me encourage you. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight And sin, which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Determine in yourself when you look at your circumstances, you know what? I'm gonna protect my integrity, I'm gonna guard my character. I'm going to keep walking, I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep seeking God, and I want to encourage you, church, keep putting weight in on Him, don't walk out, because the day and time will come, where God will cause a need in the palace to rise up, that a gift in the prison can meet. And in that moment, God will divinely call you out of your testing ground, because He can find you faithful, amen? See, you need to understand that the gift in you reflects the need in someone else. The need for Pharaoh to have a dream interpreted was reflected in the fact that Joseph could interpret dreams. And when that dream is realized, so too is the need. When the, dream is, when the need is realized, sorry, so too is the gift. If it's found faithful in the hands of its owner. Pharaoh had a need, and the butler recognized that need. And he said, hey, you know what? I had that same need once. I know a man locked away in a prison who has the ability to meet that need. And by divine appointment, the two were brought together. God's timing was perfect. But again, let me just bring you back to that question. What if? What if Joseph had decided not to be faithful? What if Joseph had said, boys, you've got a need. I can meet it. I'm not going to. I'm a bit tainted. I've had a rough life, and I'm justified in that. Go ask someone else. What would have happened in that place? No dreams interpreted. No gift faithfully used. So in that God moment, in the divine moment of a need rising in Pharaoh that was speaking to the gift in Joseph, Joseph wouldn't have been remembered. Joseph wouldn't have been remembered. Now remember, Pharaoh had the power to take Joseph out of where he was and put him where he needed to be. If Joseph hadn't stepped out by faith and used the gift, the connection wouldn't have been made between the need and the gift. Church, do not deny or underestimate the gift in your life that is reflected in the need of a family that could walk through the church doors tomorrow. Right. You have a gift in your life to meet the need of people that the body of Christ will be built up. Amen. Yeah. The need cried out for an answer, and that answer was found in the gift Joseph had. You've got to remember the butler. That's why the butler remembered Joseph. Not because he cared about Joseph, not because he was worried about Joseph's condition in prison. If that was the case, he would have made mention to Pharaoh of Joseph as soon as he got out. Because that's what Joseph asked of him. Please, don't forget me. Talk to Pharaoh about me. But he forgets until he's standing in the courts of Pharaoh, and he identifies with a need that Pharaoh has that once upon a time he had. And in that moment, he remembered the person with the gifting that could meet that need. And he said, "Ah, Pharaoh, I know someone that can meet that need. He's a young man in jail. Let me go get him because why? The truth is people will remember far more what you do than what you say, church. Do not underestimate the gift God has given you. You know, and right now I believe that we have families in our community with massive need, real need. People, men and women that are looking for answers, desperately trying to find a solution to their life. And I believe that we as a church have an answer. We have a solution. You have a gift that's been given to you for the building of the church. And I said to you at the beginning of this message that I believe we're in a season now where we need to step up as a church and stir the gifting that's inside of us. You know, no matter where you are in life, you might be under a lot of heat right now. You might be facing a lot of pressure as you try and connect, try and walk in that. Well, the reality is that the stakes are high. We are in this business, if you will, for the lives of people, and we have an enemy that is relentless in trying to steal, kill, and destroy But above that, I want to bring encouragement into your world, just like Joseph, and say, allow that refining process to take place in your life. Allow God to see you faithful with what He's put in your heart. And when you go through those seasons of testing in your life, I want to encourage you to walk strong. Walk boldly. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus that God would find you emerging faithfully on the other side. Because a life that is faithful is a life God can use. A life full of integrity is a life God can trust. And if you can trust your life, church, I'm telling you, there's no end to what God can do with your life. Amen. Ozzy, can I get you up? That would be great in the team. And so really, the story you read this morning of a young man who's full of promise, full of purpose, not yet realized is not much different to you and I. We all have purpose and promise in our life. We all have the ability to step into abundant life, whole life, life that is entire. We can all be an agent of change for someone else, but the question is, how will God find you in the midst of the fire? It's easy to be comfortable in the truth that when life is good, when things are going well, when we're happy all the time, you're pretty confident God can find you in a good place. But when you're going through the fire and it's hard ground and you're not sure if anyone really cares what you're going through, in that place, how does God see you? How will God find you? What will be the choices that you make when you leave this place today? You know, we have a pastor in our movement, Pastor Jürgen Juer- Matesius, who spoke for us. He's an awesome pastor. He looks after a church in San Diego, and I'll never forget he once said this to, to a group of us. He said, God never limits how high we can fly with Him. It is only you and I that put ceilings over our lives that stop us reaching higher heights with God. But I believe as a church that the season has come for us to break through ceilings, To step up and to be a light. I really believe, church, I have such a conviction in my heart that God is going to bring a fresh anointing and a fresh presence into this place where we will see genuine transformation in families in Noosa. Wars are going to come down. People are going to be set free. Lives are going to be changed. Why? Because He looks at this church and He sees, through the fire, my people are faithful. Through the fire, my people have integrity. I've looked at the structural framework of your life, and it's sound. It'll hold weight. It'll hold by presence. You've got capacity to carry the presence of God in your life. And I want to encourage you as we go to the end of the service and we leave this place, if all you can do is chase down the gifting in your life, so what is God put inside you? What does God want you to do in His kingdom? What is, what is inside of you God's place in you that He wants you to use for building the house of God? Find it and use it faithfully in the season that's great, in the season that's not so great. Take a book out of Joseph's life. It's okay to be real. It's okay to be human. And to get to come along someone that you trust and say, man, you know what? It's tough. It sucks. Life's a bit hard. I don't really, I'm not enjoying this season right now. That's okay. But take a deep breath. What are the choices you're going to make? Choose God's way over your way that he would make a way. Why don't we stand this morning, church? You know, I believe our region is going to experience a touch from God. There's going to be genuine transformation in this place. But the truth is that it starts with you and I. It starts with you and I as a church making the right decisions, the right choices. Thank you, Father. Why don't we just close our eyes for a minute? I just want us to center ourselves on Christ. God, I thank you this morning that you are calling us out of the prison cell and into the palace. God, that the season has come for the church to rule and reign in the authority you have given us through the blood of your son, Jesus. No longer will we be overcome, but we will stand up and overcome. God, that you have called us to be a voice and a light in this community. God and it all balances and it all hinges on the choices we would make through the testing grounds of life for some of us this morning we're walking along testing ground for some of us this morning we're looking at the same mountain backwards and forwards backwards and forwards backwards and forwards but today I want to encourage you let's make a decision Let's make a choice. God, you're for me, not against me, so I'm going to step out. I'm going to do what you've been asking me to do, but I've kind of been ignoring the voice because it's uncomfortable. God, I'm going to step forward. I'm going to make contact with someone. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to ring that person. I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to extend an invitation. God, it's hard. I don't have time. I've got kids, school, work. I'm under pressure. God, but I make a choice. Not my way, your way. God, I love you. I'm done with compartmentalized faith. I'm all in. God, my life is yours. All of me, your kingdom. So right now in this place, there's people in the house of God. You're going, you know what, Justin? I've missed a lot of choices I should have made. There's this voice in my heart telling me to do this, that, the other, and I'm not doing it. But today, I want to stand with you. And I want to say, today's a new day. Today's a new day. God's grace and mercy. His anointing is new every morning. Today's a day that you can turn around and go, you know what? I'm taking a deep breath like Joseph. I'm going to grit the back of my teeth, and I'm going to use what God has given me. I'm going to be obedient. I believe God wants to bring fresh transformation into the lives of people here this morning. So if that's you this morning, say, so Justin, you know what? I want to just make a declaration. I want to stand and say, today's a day I'm going to make new choices. I'm going to make better choices. I'm going to make God choices. Today i choose God's way, not my way, that He would go before me and make a way. If that's you this morning, I want you to just come stand with me. I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. Today's a new day today's a new day, that's you, why don't you come up onto the altar this morning, don't worry what other people are thinking or saying, I want to pray with you, that today's a day God would just touch your world today's a new day Father I thank you this morning, right now if that is you just that I'm sick of the same mountain before me, something's got to change and I, they come up the front I want to pray with you thank you Father God we love you There may be some of you here this morning going, you know what, Justin, I've been that far away from God. I can't even remember the last time I made the right choice for Him. But I know that I need to get close to Him. I need to mend things. I need to get back in relationship with Him. I want to start afresh this morning. Say, God, you're number one. I want you to use my life. If that's you this morning, no one's looking around. Why don't you just really quickly stick your hand up just so that I can see you and pray with you. To say, just say Justin today I need today to be a new day God you're Lord of my life you're Lord of my life thank you Father this morning Lord I just pray for every person here this morning God that you would take them out of the prison cell and put them in the palace God that they would realize the call on their life God that they would use the gift you've placed inside of them for the building of your kingdom God I thank you for every life here that is full of integrity full of faithfulness God, that they would praise, honor, and glorify your name. This morning, in Jesus' name, I thank you for God decisions. God, this morning, I thank you that you've gone before people. Lord, you're going to open doors. You're going to bring answers. You're going to restore hope. You're going to restore vision. You're going to bring peace back into families' worlds. As we step out in courage. Thank you, Father. I don't want to rush this moment. I believe there are people here struggling with that. Sometimes you don't even know how to get off the path you've walked for so long. Just step out. Step out. Come up the front. I want to pray with you. I believe it's a new day, church, for a lot of people here this morning. It's a new day, new future, new hope, new life. God can restore that which the enemy has stolen in a heartbeat. If you would just be faithful this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.